Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. to Out of the Blue. It is Sunday the 18th of March. My name is Heather. And I'm Erin. Welcome to the show. You could be listening to us live on 3CR on 855 AM. You could also be listening online, podcasting, digital radio. There's a million and one ways you need to listen to us. Um, Today we're going to be talking about some misconceptions about the marine world that seem to have spread um, not only from childhood but up uh, through to adults as well. We just want to clear up some of those misconceptions. So the entire population as a whole, is just that little bit smarter today. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program. Well, if you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, it's so know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR. So before we start our show today, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we broadcast from today, and we would like to pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We would also like to send out our thoughts and prayers to all of those in Christchurch in New Zealand. Obviously, it has been an absolutely horrific weekend, and I know here the Out of the Blue team, we definitely are horrified by the hatred that has been exhibited in this particular situation. And we just hope that the entire New Zealand and world community can band together to uh, get past what is an act of of terrorism and extreme racial violence. Yes, sending all our love over to the victims and everyone involved in Christchurch. Okay, so on a a slightly better note, um, the Ocean Film Festival is on and it starts tomorrow night. So if anyone who's interested, you can Google Ocean Film Festival. There are several screenings in Victoria. Um, So it kicks off tomorrow night at Village Cinemas at Crown Casino. And there is a screening at 6.15 and also 6.30. I'm heading to the 6.31 if anyone wants to come and say hello. It's looking like they have some incredible films, once again, that are celebrating our marine environment. 
If you can't get to that one, though, on Tuesday night, there is also the screening at the Astor Theatre. Uh, that starts at 7.15. For anyone down Warrnambool Way, you've got a chance at the Lighthouse Theatre, which starts at 7pm on Thursday the 21st. Anyone Geelong, you can head to the Village Cinemas at 6.30 on Friday the 22nd. And the last chance to see the Ocean Film Festival in Victoria for this year is going to be at Rosebud at the Peninsula Cinemas and that's at 7pm on Saturday. So there are plenty of opportunities to go out and see some amazing films that showcase a world that I don't think enough people explore. Definitely not. There is not. so much out there and we're so focused on heading to Mars but there is so much in the ocean we need to look at. Also, a huge congrats and thank you to anyone who's been involved in the Sea Slug Census this weekend. It did kick off on Friday and is continuing through to today. So if you've been involved, well done. Feel free to share some of your photos of the nudie branks with us. If you haven't been involved, it might be a tad too late. But definitely keep an eye on the Victorian National Parks Association website and they'll be keeping updates on what sea slugs have been found during the census which is pretty exciting. They're one of my favourite animals, mainly because they're slow and you've got multiple chances to photograph them. <laughs> I do <laughs> love a, a pretty slow good reason. animal. Yeah. And they're always brilliant. They're always a highlight to see with those beautiful colours. Oh, I know. And I remember very early on in my diving career, I did a marine biology course through Paddy and the instructor was fantastic, if not a little quirky. Um, and he did say you can get... Very strange sensations if you lick nudibranchs. Now, that's not something yeah. I've ever partaken in. Is that something we should be advertising no. on the radio? please. If you are involved in the census, <laughs> do not be tempted to lick the nudibranchs. Photograph, not lick. Right. Yeah. yeah. Write that, that down. I, I'm sure that's in part of the, you know, the, the briefing. Okay. Please photograph, do not lick <laughs> or consume a nudibranch. Generally good advice. Okay. So, we mentioned right at the start of the show that there are a lot of misconceptions out there in the world about oh, a million and one topics. Absolutely. Um, but I guess you and I have come across a lot of misconceptions around the marine environment and it's – I feel like some of them could be easily cleared up with people. That's what we and aim to do. some of them it's because when we're children we're not 100% sure of how the world works and sometimes the advice we're given from adults isn't necessarily correct. That's now, right. in this day and age you should be able to Google the answers. But – that's why, why we're here. When you can listen to us. That's why for, we're here. For the show. Yeah, so we've worked in a variety of zoological institutions and uh, liquid zoos. Liquid zoos. Liquid zoos. And we do get posed a variety of questions and comments that, yeah, um, well, they're wrong. That's okay. That's yeah. why we, we uh, jump on air and, and listen to Out of the Blue. We learn things. Um, but some of these things I do believe that we've been taught or learnt as a child and they're never really questioned. Yeah. And people lead into adulthood. My a great example is my grandma. When she first came to this country, she went to Melbourne Zoo and she saw a giraffe. Now, its tongue can stick out of its mouth about 25 centimetres. It was hanging out to the side. They clean their teeth with the back of their tongue. It was just writhing around to the side there, big and blue. I've just learned something already. Did not know that. Okay, continue. There we go. There we go. See, we're learning things. Did not know. But okay. all she saw was a giraffe with this massive blue writhing uh, tail thing hanging out of its mouth. Now, she's told this story many times, and she's a very smart lady, but she thought to herself, oh, that's strange. Giraffes eat snakes. And no one <laughs> no one corrected her. Everyone said, oh, yes, oh that's God. exactly what's happening there. I love that. She was a young girl, but still, again, she thought that for a long time, and no one questioned it. Now, one of these questions that were posed to me a, a while back is, what is a seashell? And I want to pose this to everyone who's listening. I'm sure... The, our audience are a learned bunch. You're all very intellectual and maybe you know exactly 
what makes a but seashell. But also have a growth mindset and are willing to learn. Willing about to learn. They are not aware of. That's why you jump on exactly. at exactly. Brilliant. So if I was to ask a, a whole bunch of people, what is a seashell? I know for a fact because I've actually done this quite a few times that a lot of people get a bit confused. And everyone knows what a seashell is. They've seen it. They've played with it. You know what a seashell is. If they're asked to describe it, they would have no trouble describing no, no a trouble. seashell. No trouble whatsoever. And I have received answers from groups of adults after they blankly look at me for several seconds. Um, the sea? So the sea makes a seashell. No, incorrect. It is in the sea. And then the sea makes the, the seashell. The sea makes the seashell. Well, the sea's in the name. Yeah, fair call. Okay, okay. And sometimes names are very... Misleading. Mm, yes, <laughs> in this case. Okay. All right, yeah. all right. uh, I've also had answers. Uh, sand. Sand actually makes seashells. I'm not sure how that works. Um, for those listening, sand is a whole bunch of different minerals, silica, um, calcium carbonate, it, even plastic sometimes, just ground up into smaller granules, but it doesn't make shells. Okay, so I'm trying to think from the other side now as to how people get confused. So could they believe that the sand gets stuck together from the sea to create a shell? I can only assume that. Okay, cool. I can only Just assume checking. that. There's a huge diversity of seashells out there and, well, sand would be an amazing thing then. Yes. Absolutely incredible. Okay. But no. So further to this, I then prompt people, uh, and this is adults and children. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll take a step back. What animal makes a seashell? And there's a variety, but what animal makes a seashell? Ooh. Everyone universally goes, oh, of course, it's a crab. Uh, okay. In- incorrect. Right. <laughs> it's not a crab. It now, it's not a crab. Everyone listening may think, well, hang on. What about hermit crabs? They have shells, and they also have that amazing exoskeleton. But that's not a seashell. No, a hermit crab will walk along and find a seashell and use it because his body is soft at the back. So he wants to find extra protection. But he did not make that. So for anyone listening. What makes a seashell? If you're still racking your brain. That's okay. You don't have to admit it that's to okay. anybody. <laughs> I've asked quite a number of adults that should be uh, quite learned people. I actually asked my podiatrist the same question. But he's learned it in other ways. Oh, she, she, she. she sorry. Yeah, oh, I hope so because I spent a lot of money there. <laughs> I hope she knows all about my feet. Maybe not seashells. That's okay. I'm a, I'm a biologist. But what actually makes seashells is not the sand or the sea, which was her answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but are snails? Or mollusks or bivalves, gastropods. Nice. And now you know that. And I'm sure everyone listening, you knew that as well. You just maybe weren't thinking about it because we're terrestrial animals. We walk around, we know about all the animals on land because we're exposed to it constantly. But I believe animals in the marine environment, we assume something or we never even really investigate it. And we just keep going from there. We never question it Mm. again going into adulthood. And we we miss out on some uh, really uh, key information. So... How is a seashell made? Well, it's a secretion of calcium carbonate and quite a lot of it could be 95% of it. And there are other minerals such as uh, there's um, argonaut and there's some proteins and there's some sugars mixed in there to stitch it all together. And so the secretion from the mantle, which is the top of this animal, and creates that beautiful, intricate, amazing home for these shells, which are very, very hard. Okay, so you've said calcium carbonate and I'm thinking back to my chemistry, Mm -hmm. which... I am going to admit right now was not one of my best subjects. Okay. But this is going to be affected by ocean acidification, isn't it? Absolutely. So ocean acidification, acidification I can't even talk today, <laughs> um, is happening as well as climate change. Yeah. So I just want to very, very quickly, massive shout out to all the kids who protested the climate change protests well on done. Friday. Congratulations. I heard there was around 150,000 students in Australia. But even bigger 
A huge thank you to the schools who supported those students in attending that protest. Yes, absolutely. I think it's so important that the next generation is vocal and says to our governments, you know what? Not acceptable. You need to do better. (laughs) Sorry, that was a side note. Yes, side note. Hopefully those kids know that shells (laughs) are not made by crabs. Well, they do now if they're listening. If they're really, really awesome, the coolest kids in school, they listen at 11.30 on Sunday mornings to Out of the Blue. See, we learn things. There's another thing I've just been taught. I've just taught there. There Okay, so- Seashells made by gastropods, so mollusks, so bivalves, that's two shells, if you didn't know, Uh, it's like a mussel, or a snail. And there is a huge diversity of the snail shells out there. They're absolutely incredible, but it is calcium carbonate, which is chalk. FYI, uh, not the chalk that we use on a chalkboard. That's actually gypsum with some um, food dyeing. How old are you? Do we still use chalkboards? Well, uh, they did when (laughs) I was a kid. I don't know. Look, do they still use that? So I, maybe I, I need know. to learn this Look, stuff. if you're listening and you still use a chalkboard, let us, <laughs> let us know. know. Let us like, know. please let us know on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Look, another another common misconception, and I find this all the time, is that uh, when inquiring about sharks, uh, a lot of people actually assume that a shark is a mammal. Oh. Now, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how you're going to unpack this one. Okay, so. No, it's not a mammal. Let's define what a mammal is. First of all, it produces milk, but specifically, it's not just any milk. It's from a mammalian gland. Okay. You know what that is. It's breast. It produces milk. Everyone knows what that is now. It's all all very self-explanatory. But that is actually what makes a mammal. There are some exceptions to this that produce milk and lay eggs, the monotremes, the awesome echidnas. Oh, I love those little guys. But they're just weirdos and they're just bucking the tree. Hold on. They're our unique Australian weirdos. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Lovely weirdos. Okay. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah. And also not a marine one. (laughs) Not a marine. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the topic. (laughs) So sharks are absolutely fish, but they are not your standard fish. They don't have, uh, they're not part of the Teloist grouping. So they're not, they don't have bony um, vertebrae. Mm -hmm. They have cartilage for bone. And they also have this really awesome electroreceptor sense called the ampullae of Lorenzini. Ampulae of Lorenzini. Say that 10 times fast. I don't think Ampulae I can say it Lorenzini. once. No, let's start, let's start there. So they are a fish. Many do argue that they should be really further separated from fish, despite looking very similar. The reason they look so similar is because they live in a very similar environment. But if we just group them as a fish, then people ask, well, hang on, why do they give live, uh, birth to live young? Well, shark reproduction is incredibly diverse. And I think that's where people actually get confused. They are a large animal, or can be. There's lots of small ones. Which, given the other large animals in the ocean, yeah. we're thinking whales and dolphins. That's Maybe right. Maybe that's where the confusion that's right. comes in with the mammal element. I believe so. Mm. And that they do know that some of these large animals uh, can give birth to live young. Great white shark can produce a, a baby. I believe it's about a metre and a half, for yeah, to correct yeah. me. It's I, huge. I that that's right, yeah. It's huge. But shark reproduction is incredibly diverse. So some lay eggs, some give birth to live young, some lay eggs inside themselves, then hatch, then give birth. Uh, some don't need males to breed at all. They have Ooh, a backup system, parthenogenesis. They Love split it. their chromosomes in half, and sometimes they're polyploid, which means they have multiple chromosomes on their DNA chain. Uh, some practice intrauterine cannibalism, which was spoken about, where they literally there's eggs inside um, the womb. They hatch and then they eat each other, which just is awesome. Why do we need to explore alien life when we have such weird stuff happening here? Yeah, that's I right. I genuinely don't understand. And summer sharks actually produce milk. 
Now, it's not the same milk as us. It's a crude protein, crude fat. It's called histotroph. And it's actually inside the womb. After the eggs have hatched inside the womb, they need further uh, sustenance because the yolk has all been used up. And so the mother will produce this crude um, excretion. They eat or drink that. I'm not sure of the consistency. And then they give birth. So sharks are really awesome. I mean, if you've learned anything from today, sharks are incredibly diverse and they're really, really awesome. Well, I did get a question from uh, a member of my family who shall remain anonymous because I... <laughs> but you know who you are. I do not want to embarrass them. <laughs> uh, but I did receive a, a call the other day, quite random and out of the blue, um, asking what a fish was. What is and a I fish? And I said, what, what do you mean, what is a fish? Yes, I would like to and know this, what this do you mean. person said, well, what is a fish? And I'm like, well... A fish is an animal. Is this is this the line of thinking that we're going down? And then the the next question was, well, what is a shark? And I said, well, shark is an animal. It's a type of fish. And then the follow up question was, well, does that mean a fish is a shark? I was like, oh no no no, this opens up a whole new kettle of exactly fish. what we were referring to before. Exactly, and it's this confusion where I feel like sometimes, like we we've got this idea, like we know cat, dog, all that stuff. We know they're animals. Like yeah. we got that whale dolphin we know they're animals but sometimes we get down to the animals that we don't really understand as well um and you begin to go well is that an animal or is that something else oh, interesting. so i have an example uh, from a a liquid zoo that i previously whichever one at. that is yes <laughs> um and i was in an area where there was um, a tank that replicated a rock pool. Oh, interesting. And I had a, a gentleman, I, I will say an older gentleman, um, come over to me and seemed to be quite agitated and simply said to me, I don't agree with what you're doing here. Interesting. And what? I didn't know whether he meant me physically being in the building. I wasn't sure where that was yeah, going. Directed at you specifically, um, you should I leave. And I said, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, sir, I, I don't know what you're referring to. He said, well, you're calling all of these things animals. I said, what things, sir? And he pointed at a sea urchin and he said this. I said, yes, that's an animal, sir. And he's responsible, well, how, how do you figure that? And I've gone, well, animal, vegetable or mineral. <laughs> so the thing was not a rock. The thing was not a plant. I said, so it, it is in fact an animal. Now... If this gentleman had had a growth mindset, he would have then inquired further about why that thing <laughs> was an animal. As I'm sure you can guess, this was not the case. Um, instead, he turned to me and said, well, I really think you should do some more research on that. <laughs> and he walked away. Well, yeah, he didn't have the growth mindset. He did not. <laughs> he did not want um, to learn more, but that's okay. But I was just astounded. I, I mean, I wasn't too concerned that he didn't know it was an animal. I mean, a sea urchin is a really weird-looking thing, and it could be anything. Now, was this distinction blurred for him because it doesn't have eyes or a heart or a brain? Well, I don't think he was thinking heart and brain at the time, but I think it was the thing, you know, we think of an animal and we want to see eyes. We want to see a mouth. We want to see something it uses for hearing. We want to see some sort of mobility like legs or arms yeah, or right. fins or that's we right. want to see something. And I guess the urchin just has its teeny tiny little sucker arms that come out and help it move, which I would have displayed to him had he been slightly nicer to me. Oh, well, that's that's a shame for him. Yeah, obviously so, not an out-of-the-blue listener. No, obviously not. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of things in the ocean that, that do cause confusion. I mean, sea stars are another That's one. Right. Lots That's of right. people ask, is it an animal? Well, yes. 
Yes, of yes, course. Yes, it is. And you have to explain why, even though it doesn't look like the stereotypical animal that we all expect. That's right. So it doesn't have a brain, it doesn't have a skeleton or blood or heart or bones or, or any of that sort of stuff. It, no. It's still absolutely an animal. Yes. People ask, well, how is it alive if it doesn't have any of this stuff? Well, you know, these are things that are not necessary to life and it's still alive. The so cells react. Is this is where the problem is then. Are people not aware of what is required for something to be classified as living? Potentially. So what we really need to do is go back to... And I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly sure it's either the grade two or the grade three curriculum uh, where we learn about what separates <laughs> a living thing and a non-living thing. I think that you've just summarised something very good uh, and, and very well um, suited to a lot of Australia that we do need to go back to grade school and uh, primary school and, and, and learn again. But look, that's another topic. <laughs> well, see, I've, I've posed the living, non-living question um, to people before and I've, I've done it to kids and I do it. Because I like to watch it blow their minds. Oh, yes. yes. Um, so it's things like, okay, what is a tree? Is a tree living or non-living? You're asking me? Of course yes, it's living. Yes, I'm asking you. Living. Of course it's living. Okay, why do you know it's living? Uh, because it grows, because it, it, uh, it's respiration. Uh, the cells are alive. Okay. So I've now chopped that tree down. Is it living or non-living? Depends. Have you chopped it right? <laughs> well, probably you've I don't know. It. I'm probably you've, not skilled in that you've area. you probably killed it. But you've already classified it as something that was living. It's a product of something living. Ah, mm. okay. So now we have product of a living thing. So if I create a peer pylon out of wood, what is that wood? Well, it's still, still the same. A product of a living thing. That's correct. Okay, what is the seashell that you spoke of earlier? A product of something that's alive. What well, wasn't once alive. What is oxygen? Well, it's a gas. Ah. Oh, we, well. Ah, but isn't your living tree from before creating oxygen? So is that not a product of a living thing? Oh, we're getting complicated at 11.30 in the morning on Sunday. <laughs> let's, let's, 11.52 11.52. 11.52. All right. All right. Let's bring it back to something a bit more simple, though. Okay. Yeah. This, uh, is, this is what I mean, though. With an adult brain, sometimes we tend to overcomplicate things and we really, as you said, need to take it back to the basics of what we're learning in primary right. school, but That's also right. ensuring that what we're teaching in primary school is correct. Yes. But also gives yes. children the skills to be able to challenge what they're being told and the ability to go and research it and work out the right answer Critical themselves. thinking skills and tools is what should be taught in Inquiries, schools. Inquiries. The place to go. So let's utilise them. Okay. Because another question that I get posed all the time is about penguins. Now, I love penguins. Um, I've spent uh, some time... Uh, look, I've got mixed feelings on penguins. Okay, okay. I didn't tell Lauren that the other week, but <laughs> I did get bitten on the face once and it hurt a lot. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, now, I'm not sure if you've <laughs> noticed that I've mentioned Patagonia a, a couple of times. Has anyone... Has, please get on Facebook if you've noticed that Aaron. <laughs> mentioned Patagonia maybe once or twice. One of my favourite places on earth that I seem to mention quite a lot. My point <laughs> yeah. is, my point is, is that I've actually spent a little bit of time with uh, wild rookeries out in the wild with the the big uh, the uh, big congregations of penguins. So mm -hmm. I know a little bit about them. Beautiful. Uh, but often people don't. They may have seen little penguins, or maybe they've heard about them and it goes in Kilda. They've seen Happy Feet. Yeah. Right. Okay. Seen Happy Feet or March the penguins, but it's not an animal we often get to observe or really get involved with. So. I believe there is some myths and misconceptions that go along with this animal. Beautiful. Let, let's start with something really, really simple. Okay. 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 So I like how you've dumbed it down. We're gonna, we we're, continue. We'll build on this. We'll build okay. on it. Okay. So we do know, and let's, let's start very simple. We do know that a penguin is a bird. 
We know that. Okay, great. Okay. A flightless, flightless bird. bird. Flightless bird. Agreed. And we do know that birds have feathers. Agree. Okay. Now I I can tell you without a uh, without any hesitation that I can go out in the street and ask hundred people, and many many people will say, well, you know what, penguins are covered in fur. Hmm. What do you think? That's interesting because if you ask them straight out, what is a bird covered covered in? Mm-hmm. The answer is obviously feathers. Yes. But at some point, we seem to separate the penguin from the bird. And again, we've learnt something as a child or maybe picked it up somewhere and we've never questioned again and it must be truth. But we've I've just actually explained exactly what a penguin yeah. is covered in. <laughs> so for those listening in, if you're wondering, penguins do not have fur. No, no, no. Okay. Penguins so are covered. fur is a mammal trait, Absolutely. which is really hair. That's right. Okay, just checking I'm on the right page. Oh, I'm not feeling too done. Okay, continue. (laughs) Well, that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. So penguins absolutely covered in feathers. Now, they are not like the birds that can fly around. They are very, very different. They're small, they're curved, and they interlock. They're incredibly dense. The little penguins can have up to 40 every square centimetre. I have no idea how that works. Hold on, I'm just trying to picture a square centimetre. Square centimetre, 40 little feathers in there. Wow. Oh, that's jam-packed. That's right. So they curve, they interlock, and they uh, cover a, or form a protective sheath around the animal that protects them from the extremes, whether that be subantarctic um, blizzards or in the ocean, uh, in case of our little penguins, several weeks out at sea, they need that protective mm. coating. Now, a lot of people will actually go, well, hang on, what about baby penguins? Because you've all seen pictures of those big, fluffy They're baby so penguins. Cute. They are so cute. And I want to pick one up and snuggle it. I'm not going to, but I want to. The ones I see on TV. <laughs> They usually have poo on them as well. That's There's that. How snuggly they are. There's that as well. Yeah. But this is a still a feather. It's a different type of feather, and you all know it. It's called down. Down is in your. Pillow. Down pillows. Down, down pillow. Jackets. It's in your jacket. It is not from a penguin, although I'm sure there's someone selling that. But usually it's from... Jeez, I hope not, but okay. <laughs> it's in sleeping bags from a duck or geese, and it's very good for insulating the, the bird. And so the baby penguins need that insulation really well. But they are still a feather. Penguins have feathers. So the problem is, at some point we separate a penguin from a bird... But also, maybe our problem is we're too set in our way on what is a feather. Potentially. I think we think about the feathers you find as a child. You might be at a park, you know, a feather's come off a magpie or a rainbow lorikeet. And we picture, you know, that really solid sheath and then we picture the feather coming off it and a penguin doesn't have that. So at no. some point, even though we know they're a bird... Something goes wrong. We don't have that opportunity to get up close and actually have a look at these feathers for obvious reasons. Yeah. Some of them live in Antarctica. So, yes, we don't get to look at these feathers. Okay. So I pose a challenge to all our listeners today. And we, we will post some photos of penguin feathers on our Facebook page for anyone who hasn't seen them. Brilliant. Um, and maybe some information on shells, which are not created by crabs. Um, or the sea. But if you, or the sea. <laughs> <laughs> or lightning or any of those things. Um, but if you have children, if they are your own children or they are somebody else's children, if you have children in your life or you have adults that are kind of the mental age of children, which I like to think I am about yep. 50% of the time. I'm in that category. Don't just assume that everything you learnt as a child is true. If something just 
When you say it and you're not 100% confident with what you're saying, maybe go out and just do a little bit of research. Google is incredible. Yep. It will help you with all your answers. Even that horrible page, Wikipedia, which I always told my uni students not to use, even that will be able to help you at this point. But let's stop spreading those misconceptions about those animals in the ocean. I think curiosity is such a wonderful thing. It is. And we don't want to stifle that. We want to promote that. But we've got to make sure that the information you're finding out when curious is actually correct. Very good. Well, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can jump on our Facebook page. Just search Out of the Blue. You can also send us an email if there's anything you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to come on the show. So it's outoftheblue3cr at gmail.com. So I hope everybody enjoys their Sunday. If you're out there doing the sea slug census, send through some photos. We'd love to see them. And coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. Enjoy your Sunday. Bye-bye. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.